Yo, what's going on, everyone? What is cooking? It is scriptwriter Steve chatting to you. You've reached my podcast, Barbecue to Movies. Today is April 12th, 2021. That's a Monday. It is currently 2.27 a.m. in the morning. And what am I doing up late? You know, doing the usual thing, video editing, (laughs) doing my podcast, of course. And then I'm also touching up photos, right? I always work late at night. I'm a night hawk. What can I say? All right, I'm going to turn this down and get to chatting. Okay, so I hope your weekend went really great. You know, I had a great weekend. I had a fun weekend. I met some new people, new personalities, worked with some new people. uh, And I think I met some new friends. And that's always a good thing, right? Because finding good people, I guess, in today's world is a really hard thing to do. So what did I do on Saturday? Well, well, first of all, I survived on very little sleep. <laughs> um, I had a, on Friday, I had a video shoot. I had a wedding, right? And when I came back from that wedding, I had to input all of my video footage and I did my podcast at the same time I was doing that. And I kind of fell asleep at around, I think maybe 5 a.m. in the morning, no, 4 a.m. in the morning. And then I had to get up at 6.30 a.m. to help, to help my other, other friend, Keone, uh, do a little short film project. So we did a really cool short film project on Saturday morning. And, uh, that lasted till maybe about, I think about 2 p.m. after we did our lunch thing and had our little, uh, wrap up little lunch, all that with our, where I met those two new friends. Oh, one, one of those uh, people there, they are they are also a podcaster, uh, much more experienced than I am and do a much better job than I do. And uh, so I got some tips and maybe I'll appear on his show and maybe he'll appear on my show, but he does the video podcast thing. I'm not sure if I'm ready for that because I want to try to still keep my identity a little secret, just a little secret. You know, people already know my first name and last name, but not all of you do. And I want to kind of keep my look anonymous. Plus, you know, when I do my late night podcasting, I kind of, kind of, I can kind of wear anything, right? So I don't have to comb my hair. I don't have to dress up. If you're going to appear in front of the camera, you have to comb my hair. And trust me, I do not look good if I don't comb my hair. I kind of look like a, huh, like I belong in the monkeys. Not the, not the, the monkey monkey, but the monkey's band. Remember that monkey's band? Like Davy Jones and all those things. They they have that rice bowl haircut. I kind of have that look. Maybe not that look. I say I look like Keanu Reeves, except not as cool with the long hair. All right. Cause I, I put my hair up into this pompadour. So you have to kind of wear it a little, a little long, but it, it only looks good when you actually put up your hair. When you don't put up your hair, you don't spray up your hair. Uh, then it looks like you're wearing like, you know, I think a, a really bad wig, I think. So anyway, yeah. So, um, and on top of that, after the, the shoot, um, uh, Keone, my, my other new buddy there, uh, Jose, who's a aspiring cinematographer and aspiring wedding videographer, um, and he's turned into a new buddy. We all went to, uh, we all, all basically went to this freedom, I guess, coalition. I freedom get together. I'm not sure what you want to call it. You know, um, I think I talked about it from before. You know, I don't really agree with all of their narratives and their conspiracy theories, um, but they're, their foundation, their, their, um, I guess their principles, I do agree with, you know, number one, freedom of speech, freedom of, of expression, and also the belief that America and the world are using this crisis in a, as a way to control us. And that's absolutely true. So after all of that was done, 
you know, um, I had to drop Keone and then Jose off. We went, had to drive back over the mountain and then I had to drive back to, back over the mountain again one more time to go home. By the time I got home, it was about, again, I think about 8 p.m. I ate a little dinner and then I just hit the hay. So, and then I woke up the next day at 12 p.m. So that's how late, and how, that's, that's how many hours I actually slept. Cause I was, I was surviving on two hours of sleep from Friday till Sunday. <laughs> so it, it was pretty tough. It was really tough. So anyway, while we're on the news of, I guess the topic, not the news, but on the topic of being crazy, I'm going to read some crazy news for you. All right. So this is just, this just showed up in my Twitter feed and also some of my, some of my other feeds, uh, I guess this weekend. And I kind of screen captured them, read, read the articles. And I said, you know, I got to share this with you because some of these headlines are just stupid. I mean, I can't believe they're real, but they're actually real. They're actually real. So, so get this. Okay. Number one. There's a volcano erupting in Kingstown, Eastern Caribbean on the Kingstown. Okay, hold on. There's a volcano erupting in Kingstown, which is located uh, on the Eastern Caribbean island of St. Vincent or something like that. So, um, but anyway, there's a volcano erupting there. It's huge. It's spewing like, you know, volcanic ash in the air. And there's people who are just evacuating that island right now. But get this. There's a catch-22 if you want to evacuate it via cruise ship. You have to be vaccinated. Can you believe that? So again, it's not women and children first. It's if you're vaccinated or not. If you're vaccinated, come on aboard. You know, get you know, we're gonna evacuate you because you are COVID safe, but we don't care if you if you don't have the vaccine, too bad. You have to die by that pyroclastic flow. How do you like that? I find that incredibly stupid. I mean, you you talk about vaccine passport. Now we have a vaccine passport if you want to be saved by a volcano, right? And they didn't even install the vaccine and passport yet. And this is happening. Could you imagine you know, what it would be like when you actually have a vaccine passport of any type installed? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Fire? You know, not, you, you call 911 and there's a fire in your building. Like, and a fire engine shows up before you, they take you down the ladder. Where's your vaccine passport? <laughs> like, let's hope it doesn't get to that craziness. But this is just crazy. This is just crazy. I mean, if I were the captain of that ship... I mean, I would, I would think you would be, have to get fired, right? Or was this a corporate policy? I mean, to me, I would be calling to boycott this cruise ship. This is just unheard of. Right? And, and why isn't the media more upset about it? Why isn't this making the front news? I just don't understand that. This should make the front news, right? Because this is crazy. I hope it makes the front news when I wake up this morning. All right, because this came out on Sunday. Maybe it didn't make the news yet. But if you didn't hear about it, you heard it first here on Barbecue 2 Movies, a podcast that basically no one listens, listens to, right? So anyway, so other thing, the Black Lives Matter, one of, the, one of their co-founders, I think her name is Patrice Coolers or Colors or C-U-L-L-O-R-S, however you say that last name, Coolers, Coolers, Colors, or ah, I don't care. I don't care. But anyway. She bought a $1.4 million house in a neighborhood, a very rich neighborhood, apparently, because it's a $1.4 million home. This gated community has a less than 2% black population. So less than 2% of the people who live there are black. She bought a $1.4 million home in a white neighborhood. 
Can, what can you say about that? So this co-founder, now she is on record of considering white the devil. She says the white man, the white women, they're all devils. She cannot stand white privilege. And here she goes living in a white privilege community, apparently, right? I don't get that. I don't get that, right? Now, Black Lives Matter, they have received billions of dollars from people around the world, organizations around the world, nonprofit organizations, for-profit corporations. Everyone from Nike to Michael Jordan have all donated, donated to him. Oprah has donated something. Celebrities, movie studios have all donated to Black Lives Matter because everyone is just against racism. I think we're all against racism, right? And they all look to Black Lives Matter as the solution because apparently if you didn't donate to Black Lives Matter, you were on the wrong side of the fence, okay? So the question was always, right, who was profiting from all of those billions of dollars? Now, none of that money went to any of the victims of this so-called black, I guess, white-on-black violence. None whatsoever. And how about those black neighborhoods with gang problems? Did any of this money go toward, you know, Programs that kept the youth out of gangs or helped single mothers who, whose father, I guess, whose father of their children had left them to join a gang or deal drugs. Were there drug rehabilitation programs or maybe, you know, prison reform programs when these, when these black criminals get out of prison to help them land a job or get reeducated to, I guess, move back into society to become more productive? Any of that money that we funneled to Black Lives Matter, and maybe even some of you, you of you even donated to Black Lives Matter. Did any of that money get to those program? I guess get to those troubled areas? No, none. So who was profiting? Who was profiting? Well, I do I do know one person who profited. In fact, she profited four times. So this woman here, Patrice, I won't say her last name because I can't. I don't have no idea how to say it, but Patrice not only bought that $1.4 million home, she bought three other million dollar homes in three other rich white neighborhoods. So I know she profited off that because she has no other source of income. So apparently your, your money or our taxpayer money or all the corporation's money has gone toward making one of these founders at least rich. I wonder how rich the other founders are or how rich the whole organization is getting and where is this money going to? Now, let me tell you that Black Lives Matter is not a nonprofit, okay? So that means they don't have to report how much anyone is making or where their money is going, okay? And they did that on purpose. Now, I ran a nonprofit. I ran a 501c3 before a long time ago. And we did this to get corporate money because when you when you run like a nonprofit and if you want to have like a, you know, if you want to get corporate money, you know, and not take any money from their advertisers, it is classified in their, I guess, in their um, budget to give X amount of money toward sponsorship. I mean, I, I guess nonprofits. When you ask for sponsorship, that's nonprofit, right? And when, when you ask for advertising money, that's usually television or something like that. And the nonprofit or, I guess, nonprofits, you know, you have to be incorporated as a 501c3 to get this sponsorship money. You just have to. So even before they start talking to you, you have to get this nonprofit status, but Black Lives Matter, you know, they've been, I guess, incorporated for a long time during Ferguson, during 
um, so when St. Louis had that, you know, Michael Brown incident, hands up, don't shoot thing, which is all a fake narrative, right? And, and that, um, and that other kid, I think the Trayvon Martin thing, I think, think they were just forming back then. Well, they formed then, but they were never a nonprofit. From that point on to George Floyd, even to now, they're not a nonprofit. They had all of the chance, all of the money to hire the right lawyers to become a nonprofit, and they decided not to. So that was on purpose. Now, why would they give up tax-exempt status? You know, again, because it does help. And also the opportunity to not raise sponsorship money from corporations. Why give that up? Well, it's because if they give that up, they have to give up also transparency. And that's one thing they don't want to do. So is Black Lab, So I'm telling you, Black Lives Matter, they're not all what they cut to be. They're not all what they're all, I mean, cut out to be, okay? So don't believe a word they're saying. And guess what? They're really quiet now that Joe Biden is in office, right? And there's still riots happening. There's still, <laughs> there's still crime out there. And there still is racism against blacks out there. And, and there are still gang problems out there. And when I say racism against blacks, I mean that in a very small minority form. It's not an epidemic problem. It's kind of like the Asian hate problem. Yes, racism exists because there's stupid people that exist, but it's not an epidemic problem. It's kind of like murder, right? Murders are, murders are not a, an epidemic problem. They don't happen left and right and all that, right? But they happen because there are just stupid people out there who are triggered. And unfortunately, you can't legislate out hate. You can't legislate out stupidness. As long as there's stupid people out there, there's going to be murderers, there's going to be racists out there, okay? Because there's no shortage of stupid people. All right. So here's some other news. More news for you. The Texas governor, all right, he's revealing that there's sexual abuse happening inside their migrant holding facilities. Now, could you imagine if this happened under Trump? The news is completely quiet. They don't, they don't want you to know at all. Nothing. By the way, they're also putting children in cages, and they're also separating families at the border, right? And there's also tons of children, unaccompanied children, coming over the border alone, all right? So the news is quiet about that. <laughs> Absolutely quiet. Kamala Harris and Joe Biden are quiet. And, and here's this. Here's the thing. Funny. Joe Biden passed, passed the buck off to Kamala Harris. And Kamala Harris, well, I have no idea where she went, right? She went to Chicago, I think, just recently to go buy some food there. And uh, I think a cake or something there. And she went back over to D.C. And she has not visited the border. She has not visited one, I guess, holding facility. There is a big problem happening down there. Even the Democrats are saying there's a huge problem happening out down there. But again, Biden and Kamala, they're saying nothing is wrong here. Even the news is saying there's something wrong with here. And then here, here's the really crazy thing. You know, Biden, I think they just allowed the news to take a look or to film one of the facilities, which they allowed them to look at. And this one is actually not even close to full. It's all, it's all propaganda. It's all complete propaganda. So these guys are just, they're, they're, they're just full of it. They're completely full of it. I have no idea how any of you guys voted for Biden. I hope none of my listeners voted for him. And if you did, I hope you are having some remorse right now. All right, more stupid news. Michigan's COVID numbers are out of hand. 
They're completely out of hand. I, I took a look at the graph and they are just rising up and up and up and up and up. <laughs> Why are they still rising up? Well, it's because what happened was that even though they're, they're being, I guess the vaccine is being distributed as fast as they can, because the governor had locked down everyone there, like Fort Knox, they didn't get the, the needed herd immunity uh, to actually stop COVID. So when they started loosening up just a little, well, of course, their numbers spiked. You know, you have to have some built-in herd immunity for the vaccines to actually work. Because if you do have no herd immunity, you have to have close to 80 to 90% of your entire population of your area vaccinated to, to get herd immunity. The reason why, you know, places like California or even Hawaii or even some other places have actual herd immunity or even Florida or even place, or even states that opened up you know, early or didn't have much lockdowns is because they allowed their population to have asymptomatic spread and to have their, you know, again, their youth travel, travel around there and to get infected without them knowing it and then also get recovered. So again, they have a built-in herd immunity already. And then by just getting about 20%, 30% fully vaccinated or inoculated, however you want to say it, you know, they were, they're basically close to herd immunity, right? And here in Hawaii, we basically have a form of herd immunity. Even though our numbers are going up, the, the, the very vulnerable, the 60-year-olds, the 50-year-olds, they're all basically safe. The ones who are getting infected are 35 years old and younger, and those people are basically asymptomatic spreaders. And, you know, again, they're, they're healthy. So, again, if you're positive and asymptomatic, that means you're healthy and it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Remember, a positive doesn't equate out to being infected, number one, and a positive doesn't equate out to a death sentence. Let's make that, let's make that very clear. And when you look at COVID numbers, always look at the death rate because that's how you can measure where we are, I guess, regarding when it comes to COVID. So now talking about death rate, okay, let's transition into this death rate thing right now. Guess how many deaths we had on Sunday? 239 people died of COVID in America on Sunday. 239. All right. Now, these numbers are very, very low. Now, numbers are usually low on a Sunday, but still, these are really good damn numbers. Okay. Now, on average, 8,000 people die in the U.S. from all causes put together. So, right. So, again, 8,000 people die in the U.S. from all causes. 239 died from COVID. Guess how many people die per day on average from the flu? Just throw out a number right there. 500, 600, 800, 20. 331 right now, on average, Americans die by the flu per day by, from, I guess, 331 die per day from by inf influenza. Okay? 331. 239 people died on Sunday from COVID-19. What does that tell you? It means that as of Sunday, on Sunday, there are less people who died from COVID-19 than the flu, which makes it less deadlier than the flu, at least on Sunday. Now, we'll see what the entire week, I guess, I guess uh, unrolls for us, but it looks as though those numbers are going to go down. But if we keep that number under 331 in America per day, it basically means this pandemic is freaking over. Okay. All right. Anyway. This is all I have for the introduction right now. I'm going to go cut to commercial real soon. But what I want to come, what I want to talk about when I come back is I want to talk about QAnon. 
I've been watching this uh, documentary on HBO Max. Pretty interesting. I'll fill you on in on it. What is going on, everyone? This is your favorite complainer in chief, scriptwriter Steve, with a shameless plug for Dream Weddings Hawaii, a company that I just happen to own. Now, we specialize in romantic, intimate beach weddings, but plan weddings of all sizes and shapes. Gala weddings, eloping, surprise vow renewal, no problemo. So, if you are looking to tie the knot here in Hawaii, you better get in touch with me. Now, Dream Weddings Hawaii delivers quality that is extremely affordable, but don't just take my word for it. Visit our website at dreamweddingshawaii.com and find out for yourself. That's dreamweddings with an S, that's weddings with an S, hawaii.com. So, look at our awesome photos, check out our awesome, beautiful, touching ceremony videos, then take a look at our cheap prices, which I promise you won't faint at. Now, don't forget to read our five-star reviews. Now, by the way, we also take professional family photos. So, visit our site at dreamweddingshawaii.com or just buzz me at 808-479-0685. That's 808-479-0685. Alright everyone, I am back from that commercial break. Hope you stuck around because I got some pretty interesting things to say about QAnon. Alright, I'm going to turn this down right here. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes I have to re really apologize for my, uh, I guess my exit right there. I wanted to try to get as much words I could get out before my music kicked in. And I think my, uh, I kind of stumbled upon my own words there. But I just wanted to say that, you know, again, you know, hope you join me on the way out, and then hope you join me on the way back in. So, hope you join me on the way back in after the commercial break. And uh, yeah, hope you listen to that commercial break because that's the way I make my money. And um, again, I advertise my own business out there. And uh, if you come to Hawaii, hope you call me up if you want some family photos, if you want some wedding stuff done. You know, I'm here, you can hire me, I've got good prices, all right? <laughs> that's how I make most of my money. This podcast, doesn't make me money. And I guess I don't have like the huge following that others, I guess some other podcasters have. Maybe one day I will, maybe I don't, maybe I won't ever, you know, but I enjoy doing this. Anyway, so uh, this weekend, I've been uh, kind of binging as well on this HBO documentary uh, on HBO Max called Q. Um, by the way, if you don't have HBO Max, um, I think you should actually get that I like it better. It's kind of my favorite streaming um, application right now. More than Netflix, more than uh, Hulu, more than um, more than Disney Plus. Uh, it actually has some pretty good shows on there. I, I was very surprised, and I find myself watching HBO Max more often than any other of my streaming apps. Although I do admit that I think I like my Netflix for some of the shows that are coming out, and and I'm watching Winter Soldier on uh, on Disney Plus, and now. I have some things to say about that too, but man, let me just say that some of these shows, they're really getting a little too woke for me. I mean, really woke. I mean, I just wish they wouldn't get, I, I wish they would just leave their political slants at the door. And I know, again, for myself writing things, I love to interject conservative values in there, especially into my heroes. Sometimes you just can't help it. But, you know, the woke stuff gets really bad. I just, 
oh, you know, I just hate it when they start playing the racism angle. Like, I hate it when, you know, does everything have to be about race now? And do we have to interject that into, like, you know, into, like, movies, racism or sexism or, you know, I mean, it's just so stupid, you know? And it just, it just, it just triggers me. Anyway. So lately, I've been watching this um, documentary on HBO. I've been kind of binging on it this weekend. It's called Q, literally Q. And, you know, I'm not a f- big follower. I would say I'm not even a follower of Q. I hear in conservative circles, people quote Q, and I know a lot of people who do follow them. And um, and if you do follow Q, that's great. If you don't, you know, you're going to learn about it, right? And the thing about it is that, unfortunately, uh, when I hear about all these theories coming out of the Q camp, um, and, and I do listen to it, I just start poking holes in it. And I start wondering, when I see these Q drops, I think they call it drops on top on, online, which I get, people do share it with me. They're so vague. They're just fragments or sentences, very, very, very fragmented. And, you know, when you write something that's very fragmented, you can kind of write your own story. Right. So say, for example, if I write on a, on a post, um, good day, good day. Today is the day, you know, um, money, money, uh, money is short. Money is short. Money is good. All these little fragments. Right. And now you can kind of write your own story on what I'm talking about. What does he mean by money? Money is good. Good is coming like that. Right. And all of a sudden you can kind of craft your own story to kind of fit this narrative. And so can Q. And Q has kind of figured this out, that basically he can write anything out there, write these little fragments, and then validate what he just said is true by just writing more fragments that validate the the fragments that he said before. If he was truly writing something that were truly 100% accurate, he would tell the whole truth, nothing the truth, nothing but the truth, and explain it in a very long, detailed paragraph with the least amount of bias. But this guy, Q, whoever he is, doesn't really talk in complete paragraphs or, or even complete sentences. He'll talk in two or three word segments. That's basically it. <laughs> right? Okay. So anyway, again, everything from the, the theory that where, you know, Joe, like Joe Biden and celebrities and even the most, most of the world leaders are clones are probably dead. That started by Q, the, the theory that most, po- cert- most politicians are certainly in prison. That started by Q, um, that liberals are actually baby eaters and Satan worshipers. Uh, and Pizzagate was like, you know, code word for eating little babies and raping them. And you can go to anywhere around in DC area or anywhere and try to go to this pizza shop over there and basically go into their dungeon to order a baby up. <laughs> it's crazy. All right. This is crazy talk, and in fact, they've actually they've actually tried to research into this one place, uh, this one pizza shop comment, which was which they did do, and there's no basement there. So it's again all of these conspiracy theories that are just being pushed upon, uh, I guess, Republicans, and unfortunately, the Republicans because they are so paranoid and untrustworthy of the government, they think anything is possible, even this. All right, and they even go as far off to say that you know. Everything from George Floyd's death to the recent Colorado shooting deaths are crisis actors. Now, here's the thing. You know, for me, you know, before, you know, I have worked with actors. I just worked with some actors this weekend. Um, You know, even professional actors, they're not good. All right. They're not good. Professional actors 
can't act that good, all right? And when I say they can't act that good, not as good as these crisis actors, is because they can't do everything in one take. And apparently, these crisis act- actors, even the ones who impersonate, so uh, I guess, so, 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 so-called so George Floyd, right? They're saying that George Floyd is a crisis actor. <laughs> George Floyd, this fake George Floyd, apparently did it all in one take. Or even the people who got shot in, in the Colorado um, supermarket, they did it all in one take. Professional actors, even the best of them, can't act that good and they can't do everything in one take. Except these guys can? No, I don't think so. Not at all. So, and then on top of that, if all of these people, like again, from even from the, the Columbine High School and all of these other people, these Florida shootings, even down to 9-11, the, you know, these, these Q uh, conspiracy theorists, they believe that all of them, even the people who were on the plane or the planes crashed in here, they're all crisis actors, right? All of the thousands of people who actually have died over the years. And my question is that, where, where are these people? Because they're apparently alive right now. They're somewhere and no one has spotted them. Are we actually going to use that as Republicans and go down that road of paranoia and say, all of these people who died and we saw the airplanes go into the towers, we saw George Floyd, you know, die, that all of this and, and all of these things, the supermarket shooting and everyone, these innocent people, are we going to tarnish their death by calling, the, calling them and saying, you know what, these people are all alive. These people are all alive, they're just being paid, and they're living somewhere, and they're living it up. That's what we want to say, right? We want to go there. (laughs) That's why we're getting a bad reputation of being flat-out conspiracy theory nuts, because that theory is nuts, right? It is nuts. It's so hard to do. I mean, again... I've heard that I've heard of that from people that say, "Oh, yeah, the crisis the crisis actors are being paid millions of dollars to be quiet and they live their life happily somewhere outside of America or somewhere in the rural areas." All right, fine, but wouldn't we have? You know, how many people would it take to actually disguise every single death out there to make to give all these people new identities, new bank accounts? Wouldn't their parents, their uncles, their aunts, everyone say, "Where are they?" Where are they if they're alive? Wouldn't they go try to find them, their own parents who died in 9-11? Wouldn't their own parents want to say, wait wait a minute, you know, I don't think they actually died. They're actually living okay, you know, somewhere else. I know some parents who lost some people in 9-11, in the towers. So when I hear this, how does it make it, how do those parents feel? When when a Republican conspiracy theorist, a QAnon I guess, I guess conspiracy theorist comes out and says, Hey, you know what? Your daughter's actually alive somewhere. Your daughter's, your daughter is not a, her death is actually fake. It's not like part of the whole, um, you know, the terrorists have nothing to do with it. This is actually a planned thing with bombs. And you know what? She's living somewhere rich right now and she doesn't want to contact you. I mean, that's where they're going. Why do you want to go there for? Okay. So anyway, so. Let's go back to the show. Uh, this documentary right now, I would say there's good things and bad things about it. The good thing is that it does a great job of explaining how Q basically came to be, how the forums where Q post uh, actually were created, how they evolved. And the, they do a good job of explaining the characters behind these channels. And um, to be honest, I didn't understand 
all of it either where, you know, because I'm not a guy who goes into the dark web and now I understand what the dark web was and I don't plan to go there. But I know now I know what 2chan, 4chan, 8chan, uh, 420chan, all these different things are and how they're all related to each other and how the owners kind of all bought themselves out and kind of like, you know, shuffled their own ownership over there, over there and how they don't like each other and all these different types of things. There's a lot of conflict going on behind the scenes. And 8chan, where Q apparently is right now, is not profitable, but Q is what kind of makes 8chan, I think, newsworthy or worth anything if they do come to actually sell it or anything like that, right? But the bad thing about it is what by episode three, and I think there's there's currently six episodes right now, so I'm not sure if there if this is a weekly thing or it's going to like uh, stop at six right now, but um, I'm on episode three. But by episode three, it was very clear that the producer was very um, slanted. So right now he's um, showing his bias against free speech. Um, He's definitely against Republicans because he didn't tell the whole truth about Roger Stone or Mike Flynn or even the false claim that Russia helped um, President Trump win the election. Um, He didn't even, you know, even attempt to say that, well, those were all false charges and, you know, it was a, how controversial they were, where, again, Mike Flynn didn't lie under oath, how the FBI agents who interviewed him said he didn't lie under oath, how James Comey was even advised not to actually go after Mike Flynn, and how even he admitted, said he used Mike Flynn as leverage, and all of this stuff, right? So, and even how they were, uh, I guess, the, the, the whole pretense of it, the I think the courts actually had dropped, their prosecution had dropped their case against Mike Flynn, and, 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 a, and a judge had finally dismissed the case. He didn't mention any of that from Mike Flynn. And he didn't even mention that President Biden or the media, you know, and, I mean, sorry, President Biden, Biden and the media, they didn't even bring up the Russian investigation at all during the debates because they knew that it was totally fake, totally a bunch of crock, and that media spent three years trying to push that false narrative. He didn't bring any of that up. So by him not telling the full truth and nothing but the full truth, it made it hard to buy fully into his arguments, right? So that's the bad part about it. Again, like, you know, every liberal documentary, I guess, documentary producer out there or investigative reporter, they have their own tendencies. And again, this producer, investigative reporter was definitely slanted, all right? But he is doing the investigation into Q, and that also is still very interesting to see. So the question is, who is Q? And I think that was the major thing behind it. And uh, right now, my guess, um, it's basically the owners of the owners of 8chan right now, uh, James Watkins, um, and also prop, maybe his son. And, uh, and I, I didn't really buy into it at first. Um, because when you first meet this guy, James Watkins, uh, it's really interesting because James Watkins, he looks like a really laid back goof. The first time you meet him, um, he, he pops up a few times within the, within the series. And I think he may pop up more, but the first time I meet him or, 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 uh, I guess I see him on the show, he's very goofy, very, very goofy, laid back, go lucky businessman. And he has his hands into everything from a pig farm to an organic restaurant in the Philippines. And then you, then you, um, skip over to his son. And his son also looks very geeky. He wears the hat, wears clothes that don't match. Um, and he looks, and he looks as though he has more of a rela- of a relationship with computers than people. Um, and they both dress very down, like almost like, like bums, like really like bums. And I'm wondering here, like, you know, 
it, like these are the people in charge of 8chan and they're just there's no way in hell would you think that they're smart enough to be Q because Q you know even despite him being a conspiracy theorist he's a pretty talented storyteller and he's very intelligent very 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 specific in what he's saying but here's the thing now two months later the producer slash investigative reporter he he, pay, he pays them another visit again so this time James Watkins is very well-versed in politics. Now, the, the first time when they met him, he wasn't well-versed at all in politics. And then we also find out that he ran a conservative political website called Goldwater, which was very much into conspiracy theories, very much like Q. And like Q, who is very much into pens, <laughs> well, this guy, James Watkins, he likes to collect pens. He's, he has a pen fetish. And Q likes to post pens on his, I, I think that's his, one of his signature, his signatures, right? He's always into the pen that Donald Trump is using and everything. I mean, that's kind of a very strange fetish, right, to me, right? And, um, but here's the other thing. He's dressing very, very nice. I mean, extremely nice. He has a mustache. He didn't have a mustache on the first time around. Now he has, he has a mustache and it's waxed. He also grew out some pretty long sideburns. And they're very well, nice and trimmed. And he's also dressing up. I mean, he looks good. He looks really good. He doesn't look like this dork anymore. So apparently, image matters to him. Image really matters to him. And it, and if he's a businessman who, who thinks with his image and image really matters to him, it means he's really, really smart. Because this guy, he owns a lot of businesses and has been a very, very successful businessman. And he's he has owned 2chan before not 4chan he's owned 2chan before right so he has he knows how to make money off of the web so how did this guy um james watkins make his first buck off the internet so get this um in japan um they're not i think their pornography out there is very very much censored right in, in a certain way i'm not sure which way they said it's very much censored now he found out that if you host the server's in the United States, well, Japan can't really censor his that porn website. So he made he he created a porn a porn website for Japanese where the servers were actually in the in the United States and where many many Japanese men paid to actually you know get like a, a get their porn fix right and they could do this and that's how he made t his first buck uh, I guess on the internet and he made tons of money through it. And then he got into, uh, I guess, I guess owning uh, owning uh, forums and all these other things and, and owning other websites and then owning other businesses. He owned and he owned um, a lot of sex websites. He was a he was considered the porn king at one time. So isn't that really interesting, right? And then he, he finally went over to this Goldwater website. And on that Goldwater website, he was very much into politics. He was on the air talking about politics. And get this, when he's on this show, when they first meet him, he's sounding like this idiot, like he doesn't know what he's talking about. When you see him on that website, Goldwater website, he knows what he's talking about. So why is he playing this dumb, goofy, goofy, I guess, person who doesn't know anything about nothing? What is he covering up for, right? Apparently, he's good at playing a character. And his son, his son is not goofy at all either.
And he's also kind of a sex maniac too. So when you meet him the second time, he's all dressed really well. His personality is different. He's very much like, you know, very alpha. He's not scared or, or he's not scared of all, of all going outside or being antisocial. This guy goes to sex shops all the time. His hair is styled. When he's being interviewed, he's sitting like Buddha. <laughs> Isn't it so weird? So, and here's the other thing. What makes Q, uh, what makes 8chan valuable is Q. And this is very interesting as well. So when Q was hacked a while ago, their password, it wasn't some extremely cryptic password that got in there that, the, that, that Q actually used. Q was supposed to be this high level, you know, a hacker, not hacker, high-level, high I guess, person who worked in the Trump administration who had the Q-level access. It was a very, very high-level access, right? Guess what the password was? It was simply Matlock with a capital M, Matlock. Now, that's unheard of, right? So you would think that a person who is leaking out information to the public would have a password that is not Matlock. So I want to know if this guy, James Watkins, if one of his favorite shows is Matlock, that would be pretty interesting, right? So anyway, I have three more episodes to go on this Q thing, and uh, I want to see where it goes. I really do. Um, now, I did read, read into on the internet, and they, a lot of people do think Jim Watkins and his son are behind Q. Now, that, if that is true, to all the conspiracy theorists out there who are believing everything that, is, that Q is dropping, well, it could be this father and son team over there in the Philippines who are just <laughs> who are just taking you for a ride. Now, this is what I say about like when it comes to conspiracy theories. Really watch what you believe, right? And even even for myself, you know, I am very critical of others. I am very crit critical of myself and what I believe in, right? But I don't want to stay stay too long anywhere. And I don't want to block off any information anywhere because I don't want to spend years of my life, even decades, believing in something false. I want to listen. So, if, for example, if I believe that Obama wasn't born in America, right, and at one time, and I still do believe that for the for the most part, but I do want to hear why he why he was not born in America. I mean, why he was born in America. What are the theories that he was born in America, right? I I just want to know because apparently, you know, again. Living here in Hawaii, being born in Hawaii, my parents' birth certificates, my birth certificate, my aunts and everyone else's who do who I know, well, we all have our birth certificates are black, like flat out black as you can get, black as in black as in black, right? Obama has a birth certificate that is green. It doesn't look nothing like ours. Absolutely not. Why is it not black? He has the only birth birth certificate in Hawaii that looks like that. I think that's weird. So that that's my opinion, right? And I also want to know why that Neil Abercrombie, our former governor, he ran, he ran on this um, the this platform that says that when he when he gets elected to be governor, he's going to put rest to this entire narrative that Barack Obama was not born in Hawaii. He's going to go down to the Department of Health and look for that, that their birth certificate and show it off to the world. Well, after he got elected, he tried to do that apparently, and he didn't find anything. And he dropped that narrative real quick. We never heard from that again. Never, ever, ever. So 
What do you have to say about that? That's just weird, right? Really, really weird. And, and the, and, and I think the, the, um, the arguments to say that he was born in, in Hawaii, they said that, well, his parents had actually put an announcement in the, in a, in the advertiser or something that's saying that he was actually born here. Well, you know, birth announcements don't go into the page section of, of a, of a mag, of a magazine. They go in, in the birth announcement area and it never appeared in the birth announcement area. It appeared in the classified section area. So, that part I think is kind of interesting, right? And what I also found pretty interesting is that if you adopt someone from a different, here in Hawaii, if you adopt someone from a different country, you can still get their birth certificate here in Hawaii. And you can make it as though, you can amend it as though they've actually been born here. In fact, I think we're the, one of the first states that allows birth certificates to be amended. So we even allow um, birth certificate to be a, to be amended after someone gets their gets their sex change. So again, if you're born a woman and you turn into a, a man, well, you can change your birth certificate to complete the whole facade. How do you like that? Anyway, that's just my opinion. And again, if you have any information on why Obama was born in America, I would like to hear about it. But as of now, it looks as though the evidence points toward that he most likely wasn't. Just saying that. All right, so. That's all for my, my, my podcast today. Um, I hope you join me later on this week. I'm not sure when I'll be podcasting next. Again, I'll be very, very busy. Um, I've tried to podcast as much as possible. And when I do, I hope you listen. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Hey, I hope you like my podcast. If you do, don't forget you can subscribe to me on any of the podcast platforms out there. Just look for Barbecue 2 Movies.